This is Bruce. This is John. This is Blix. And this is Paul. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast, your podcast of finding out amazing new places, new civilizations, and incredible dangers in the Fringeworthy universe. We've been having a lot of discussions about power centers and things that are out there on the fringe pads that you might run into. And we're going to add to that now some of our ideas of some sample power centers, uh, civilization nexus, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, where some race, some civilization has found out about the fringe paths and has gone out to exploit it, much like IDET has done, but with their own spin because they're not IDET. They're not the UN. They can be much, much different than IDET. Each of us has their own take on it, and we're going to basically do round robin and ask each other questions and try to get you to see a really cool idea for a, not just a single world for you to explore or a single world for you to deal with, but actually a collection of worlds. Your IDEPT, especially in the late campaign, is going to have to deal with this other competing civilization, the other trans-dimensional civilization. And now Trav's going to tell us about his power center. Uh, yes, uh, something I came up with. Um... This is a group that basically they run their node. Prime alternate system star. They've explored it. They head to toe, front to back, stem to stern, port to starboard. They call themselves the Canadian Empire. K-E-N-E-D-I-N. And they would be equivalent to... Again, I use D20 parlance. It's used for me. Probably a PL7. So they've got their sciences pretty high. I mean, they can... They had intraspace... Okay, intrasystem travel besides the fringe paths because of the whole one in 100,000 thing. They had to have... Okay, the rest of us want to get into space. So they do have a space program. They've got the appropriate tech levels. The other sciences had to come up. Biotech and... Yeah. So, so they're basically equivalent to what Earth Prime is as far as its overall tech level. Well, Earth Prime, from what D20 says, very early PL6 during um, Fringe Discovery. Right, but we're talking about later on. Yeah, I'd, I'd say probably at least middle campaign tech level. They'd be PL7, I would think, by then. That's what I'm saying, yeah. They became very isolationist after the Commonwealth Miller War. And they just basically locked everything down, put guards near all the portals. If they couldn't lock it down from their side, if it's a warp, they just guard the heck out of it because they just didn't want to be involved anymore. They didn't want any part. They heard what was happening. I mean, they were part of the Commonwealth, but they were their own... Um, well, Power Center. They're their own group, but they also partook of the Commonwealth. Were they junior members then? or? Yeah, they were junior members. But of course, if you were a junior member, even a client state, you still get ungodly amounts of tech. Did they uh, suffer the Mellor Plague sp directly? Uh, they had a little bit, but they managed to, you know, before it got really bad, that's when they said, okay, we're done here. Lockdown, shut them out, 
We don't want any of this. We have our own affairs that we have to deal with. And they just were, they became uber isolationist. Right. Okay. So let me be, let, let's be clear about this under history. You're saying that they did or did not have a malware infestation on their planet. They did not have, well, I thought that all of the Commonwealth had Meller all throughout. 80% did. Okay, I didn't bring that up in there. I just, I had taken it for granted that if you were Commonwealth, you had Meller there. Well, if you were the prime, if you were the upper level ones, yeah. But see, the whole, the, the Meller primarily went to worlds that were being developed. So it's possible that their, their old Meller might have left the planet. Yeah, yeah, I didn't bring, as I said, I, I took it for granted that if you were Commonwealth, you had Mellor. Uh, no, they they would have heard that the Mellor was, the whole Mellor breakdown was going on, and they, yeah, they said, we don't want any part of this. We got our tech, we are running on our own, we're good, there's the door. Um, and were they attacked by any of the other people, any of the armies raised by the Mellor and such, after the Mellor the initial Meller attack? No, no, that's what I mean. They locked down right away. They heard what was going on, and they just, just said, we're not having any part of this. So they, they basically just had to deal with a huge technological crash yes. that came after the, uh, the, the, the turning off of the big system. Well, I mean, they weren't getting any new tech, but, I mean, they still maintain their own. Problem is, there is going to be some regression because you're not having the influx of new tech. So after a 1,000 years... When IDET gets to the point where they meet up with the Canadian Empire, they're going to be looking for some new tech. They're going to be looking for some new blood. They're going to be looking to see, okay, who out on the fringe paths? They're also going to be doing things like, okay, this is a new race or this is a new culture. Let's see how they are on a genetic level. Now, PL7, you can do some neat genetic stuff with, with PL7. PL6 is where, well, technically... We're late PL5 here, modern day Earth, and we're already starting to, you know, tip of the iceberg type genetics. We got the human genome project down. We're starting to, um, well, I guess custom made babies. We can start doing genetics checks and seeing, okay, what factors don't we want? But we're just doing tip of the iceberg stuff. By the time you hit to PL7, you're, you're already well at man 2.0. So these guys, yeah, they've got enough genetic stuff to the, where they can, if they get their hands on any new people coming around, they can check and see, oh, okay, let's see what this culture has done with genetics. Oh, they're baseline human. Okay, we can just wipe their minds and let them go. Oh, these guys have antigeria medicine. Or they've got uh, toughened skin or they've got, you know, they're splicing animal DNA. Well, we did that 100 years ago. But they're still going to be looking for new genetic treatments because of the scientific regression due to the lockdown. The way that I had that they're going to do it is that you go to their node, like you hit their alt platform, there's some fringe traveler there. Of course, it's a Canadian spy. He's every so often they'll go out and try to see if, you know, there's somebody out there on the paths. They still have Commonwealth tech. Just because the Commonwealth pulled out or they locked themselves away from the Commonwealth doesn't mean that they didn't get rid of the tech. They were client members. They just locked down. It's not, and the Commonwealth would have been too busy to say, um, fine, you want out, give us your stuff back. No. 
they kind of had a mellow war to deal with. So they have Commonwealth tech, and some of that could be like knockout type stuff, non-lethal, and, and it'd be biotech, so it would work on the fringe path. So let's say this spy dressed as a fringe traveler sees this IDET thing rolling up, and they get out and they talk. This guy could just get out this thing, you know, like a, a neuralizer type stunner. Bing, they all drop. He throws them in the truck, drives them back to the prime, or even one of the alternates, because the alternates are still under Canadian control. Right. Nerve gas works really well, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, just something. <laughs> you want him dead? No, no, it doesn't have to be that kind of nerve gas. I mean, stuff that knocks you out is still nerve gas. Yeah. Paralyzes the nerves and everything. You, you know, just a very slight application of nerve gas. It's not like that, you know, oh, God, the Japanese one on the on the subway. Sarin, that stuff was like tip of a pin and it killed hundreds of people. No, not, not that bad. They just want to knock them out the back. You say that, I usually think of Sarin and Tabin, the two most famous models of that. Anyway, so you're talking about something like propylene glycol. You spray it in their face. They lose consciousness for like 20 or 30 minutes. They wake up and go, I don't know what happened. But but it could be a lot better than that. It could be, for example, uh, a drug that, that – puts them into a temporal fugue where time stretches for them. You know, it, it, in other words, it slow, slows down for the people. And it's like all of a sudden they're spending like hours, you know, doing something. But for them, it's only been a minute, but hours have gone by. And so this guy is literally walking around examining their stuff. They don't even know he's there. He's just disappeared from their sight because they can't perceive him because everything in their body is slowed down so much. The... Guy is just the guy that comes and knocks him out. All the tech would be on the alternate. He wouldn't even need to take him back to the prime because this whole Canadian empire, the eight alternates are all run by the Canadians. So they can just, okay, there's an alternate, boom. I've got these guys, give them the full scan. You know, just mental, because, you know, PL7, I'm sure the Commonwealth had SciTech too. So that means they could just, you know, strap them up to the thing and read their minds and say, okay, this is what happened. This is where they're from. They're from this many alts this way. Oh, look. Oh, how cute. They're trying to, you know, come up with their own little empire commonwealth type thing. Pat them on the head as they're in the machine. Ain't that adorable? Trev, can you clarify for me on PL6? Wouldn't they be able to just make a complete copy of a person, including their memories and skills? Cloning? You, cloning is, is uh, instantaneous cloning is a lot harder to do than just cloning. Okay, from what I understand from the future SRD, which I'm sure you go out, um, Google it up, and they still have it where you can find it because it's... If not, I do. Well, I mean, for our, our listeners. I know, but it's an SRD, and we can put it up if so, because it's an SRD. Oh, okay. I was just thinking that a team would, would wake up a week. A week has gone by. And they can't account for that week, but somebody somewhere has made a complete copy of them, including all memories, to, to then interrogate, or multiple copies. From what I understand of the future SRD, Paul, cloning really gets going on PL7. PL6, remember, they're just starting into genetics, where it's genetic modification, but to grow a full human and brain, the, the term I use for copying memories, brain tape their memories and download a new clone, that's purely PL7 and on. So, yeah, they'd be able to do that. I don't know why they'd want a perfect clone of them. They'd just read the memories and go from there. I mean, ask it questions, see how it interacts. It's just interrogation. You don't know what answer you're going to get. Uh. 
Yeah. Oh, oh and I uh, did a quick Google, and www.d20resources.com has all the uh, released SRDs. Ah, thank you, sir. Yes. d20resources.com. Okay, I can use that for... Well, because I, I still run... Besides the two Pathfinder games, I still run a 3.5 game, so for... Yeah, yeah. Looking at they have Modern, Future, Arcana, and D20 Menaces. So they have all the D20 Modern Plus uh, settings. D20 Men... Oh, from the Menace Manual. Okay, yeah. With, yeah. With the uh, alternative races and everything, yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, the Canadians, yeah, they're going to be looking for... What's been going on in the thousand years? Who's out there? Who are the major players? And by the time you find one of these power centers, we've already discussed that this would be a late campaign thing. So IDET, UNITA, the alien cores, all that, they're on their way to becoming a new commonwealth by the late middle into late campaign. So the Canadians' ears would perk up like, oh, okay, these people owe 150 platforms down. They're starting their own commonwealth. Okay, these are people we might want to watch out for. Okay, they've stopped fringe pirates. Oh, they cured the Melor? Oh, cool. Oh, wait a minute. What's this whole Coptics thing going on now? They're going to they're gonna be looking into these this new IDET group and trying to, you know, gauge them and see, okay, what have they found? And basically just pump from information. And as I said, with brain taping, they just read the memories on a computer screen, like on a data pad. And they would be totally non-invasive. By PL7, you can do a genetic scan, like running a tricorder over them, like how Bones does. You don't even need to, like, inject them or anything. Culture-wise, what are the Canadians? Are they European, Asian, or are they something totally different? Well, I mean, it would be a unified government, so there would be variances in hair, eye, skin color. It would not quite be a balkanized Earth like we have. As I said, they they would have had to achieve a world government in order to gain at least um, client status with the Commonwealth. So they're going to have different races and, or excuse me, I hate using the term races as far as human, ethnicities. Cultures. Cultures and ethnicities, but they would all be, it would be a one world government. They would have a common language, probably Canadian basic or whatever, you know. Is probably whatever was the dominant uh, economic culture at the time that the one world government came in, came into being. That would be the primor, you know, the, that would be where your syntax would come from. That would be where the majority of your words would come from. Well, yeah, like in a Firefly, it was in, it was an English Chinese pigeon. It just happened to be that the Chinese happened to be all the swear words, and that's how Joss Whedon got by the censors as far as swearing goes. Everything was in Chinese. Yeah, and if you look at the League of Nations and the UN, French is one of the diplomatic languages. I think it was more so under the League of Nations. Oh, no, it's still that way under uh, the UN now, that French is the language of diplomacy. But, it's, yeah, the League of Nations especially was. Again, folks, read your history if you're wondering what the League of Nations was. Just think UN predecessor. League of Nations is to United Nations as the original American co- co- Confederation, Confederation was to the United States of America. Yeah. Anyways, the Canadians, their isolationists, as I said, they're for good reason. They saw what was happening and they wanted to shut down. They wanted to preserve their culture. They wanted to preserve their, their way of life. They joined the Commonwealth 
and they didn't get full status. They just, yeah, we want some of the tech. And then they went off and did their own thing. They, they sort of, what's the term, lip service? Yeah, 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 we're with the Commonwealth. Yeah, keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys rock. We're a part of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep- and there's nothing wrong with that because there's lots of places in the Commonwealth that even though they were full members, were exactly the same way. You know, they, they were off doing their thing. So the fact that this younger planet was do, decide to do its own thing before becoming a full-fledged member, they'd be like, okay, fine. Whenever they get around to it, we'll bring them all the way in. Yeah. And just the Mellor War came and they just, they, they pulled out time and the Commonwealth really didn't have the resources or time to do a head count. Anybody who would see, um... If they were to find Commonwealth records, they'd find the Canadian Empire. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were part of it, and they just they bowed out. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they disappear off the landscape, it actually makes it easier for the rest of the Commonwealth because they don't have to send aid to them. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, actually, they kind of did the Commonwealth a favor with, you know, okay, we can, you know, devote our resources to those who really need it. If these guys shut themselves off and they're fine, no Mellor is there, cool. So the Canadians, yeah, they, um, I did put in the write-up that because they, they explored system and star, there are alien races. This is a star-faring culture. PL7 means you have, gra- um, again, D20 parlance, the gravity induction engine is kicked in, which means there there is inter-system travel as well as intra-system travel. They'd already conquered their solar system. They started going out to like Alpha Centauri and all the other um, Wolf 359, yes, that's a real star. Um, again, there are people that just know that reference from Star Trek Next Generation. Um, all the various star systems in the in the local, in our Orion arm, they explored them, both through the fringe paths and then later with their own space program, once the fringe path, once the fringe-worthy of that empire said, yeah, there's good stuff here, bring it along. You know, yeah, you might have to wait a while, but the rest of us will come. So there are like on the Canadian Earth, humans and aliens walking around on the world, and of course the aliens have brought their tech, so there wasn't that much of a regression. But still, even the aliens are going, how did you humans get this level of tech considering, and they would have to explain, well, our world is part of this larger commonwealth, we kind of keep to ourselves, and we're sort of with them. Dentini, okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to ask you a question because that you would have no, that you actually would should would would have known if you were there. Uh, Dentini, basically, as actually Paul's description is perfect. The the, the uh, Dentini Hemogony, they're in charge of an expo world. They have all this stuff they they want to give away. Wasn't the Dentini hegemony the 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 dead walk the earth fringe earth? They're responsible for it. You bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the question I'm going to come up with is so so it sounds like the Canadian Canadians is it Canadian 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 are the immovable force. So if you take the irresistible force of the Dentini who want to sell you something or give you something, how would they deal with a Dentini sales force showing up at their doorstep? They they would see it as any other person. You would have the the spy out there on the. And they would draft the people from the alt platforms. It's only fair. Why have somebody walk all the way from the prime to do this when, hey, we've got eight worlds of people we can draw from. Let's have one of them, you know, do the scan and they just send the information back via a runner. Of course, the Dentini are like PL9. 
when it comes to technology. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Dentini PL9. You can pull out that little canister of you know by, uh, of knockout gas. They go, oh, that's cute. Cute. We have a cure for that. Yeah. Says, would you like that in a different color? Yeah. Yeah. Does it come in blue? Yeah. <laughs> or we have this. Or we have this gas. Pink. And everyone falls down on the ground. You stay conscious though. I mean, you still talk to you. And, you know, you can't move though. <laughs> Anyways, the yeah, the Canadians, they're paranoid, but they're not paranoid to where they'll do horrible things. They're just looking to find out what's going. No, 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 no. They're not. I I didn't write them up as a evil power center looking to you know slowly take over the fringe paths. No, they just want to find out what's going on, and they want to know everything is okay before they start leaving their old platform. They sound like a bit like the way America was during World War One. You know, we don't want, really want to get involved. Well, yeah, that, that is a good analogy. Yeah, come to think of it, because the U.S. was very isolationist at the turn of the last century because they just minded themselves, and then World War One kind of brought them into the world arena. We'll wait around until there's a clear winner. And then we'll jump in at the last minute. And they want to find out who the uh, who the big players are, and and by the time that the late campaign comes, they're going to be seeing hmm these this United group with their friends in Taos and the Coptics. Okay, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. These Coptics are pretty. They, let's say they capture a Coptic. Oh, let's see, megalomaniac. Um, Slavers, um, militaristic conquest. Oh, look at their war machine. Isn't that cute? I think our kids play with this level of stuff. Yeah, we're going to not want to interact with them in any way except, you know, lethal force. Yeah, and I guess they probably, at PL7, they might have the ability to erase memories. Oh, yeah, yeah. PL7. That Coptic will never remember he ever was ever here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Coptics, oh no, they, they would be severely outmatched. By- he wakes up with a strong aversion to that node. Yeah, you could. You could rewrite memories. Yeah, you could. You could with PL7, yeah, you could. Drugs or something. Yeah, I, no, actually, it brings up a good question. Um, do they. Do they actually. You said they have guards. Do you really physically have guards on the alt platform? Or do, or is it more like they have people there to greet, meet and greet? Yeah, it's, give them, you know, you know, give give them a blast of memory memory eraser and shove them through the other side and get the get the heck off the platform, off the alt platform, down down on the way. It's the latter, John. It, these aren't armed guards. They they look like a fringe traveler, a guy in a cloak, and you know, might have a backpack on, and he's just you know sitting there like he's resting. And then soon as somebody comes through that one of those two side. Uh, 50-foot portals to be like, oh, well-met traveler, hey, and get to talk to them for about a half hour, gain their confidence, and then pull out their device, and, you know, and they all drop, and he just throws them through the portal. If they're encountering them again, so it's, oh, that's is that group from Unita. I don't want to talk to them. They don't remember me because we erased their memory. So I'll talk to them again. We'll gas them, shove them through the portal, and hope, or use me a different, different substance on them so that they just simply ignore you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I mean, if they if they come back after they get scanned, and they end up back at their uh, their what the in their vehicles or whatever, 
Because what they'll do is like they'll scan them, put them back in their vehicles and just make it like we stopped here and fell asleep. Okay, well, we didn't, well, all these portals are locked down. Okay, we might as well move on. And they'll never know that they were, you know, had their memories went through like a Rolodex. Yeah. And someone left a post-hypnotic suggestion. You know, these are not the portals you want to look at. <laughs> yeah. And, and yes, we cannot convey us all doing the Jedi mind trick hand waving thing. <laughs> yeah. though, though, okay. But here's the question, though. So that's a great description. Now, you're dealing with players, and 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 player rules lawyer Joe is going to say, "Well, wait, don't I get a save against this?" You know, or if you're playing, say, like Savage Worlds, don't I get to make a vigor roll to not pass out? Well, yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, you would, you would fashion. I'm sure that if your rule system has something that high, like D20, I'm sure that they've got PL7 stuff for, you know, like knockout type, because uh, let's see, D20 Future, I believe, has. At Future Tech has stuff for non-lethal acts and stunners and all that. And if you just do the gadget system, you can make it to where it's so small you can hold it in your hand and just you know, and everybody drops. Yeah, but but you do get saves against it though. You do get saves against it, and we all know what happens is that the one guy you don't want to save is the guy who's going to roll a natural twenty. Or you have the guy who. Let's say if you have Psy in your campaign, he's the Psy, which he has a, a natural will save anyways, just, you know, it's ungodly high, yeah. And he's already read the guy's mind. You have that, that guy you can shift out of time by 10 seconds. See, that's the thing. By the time you get to the late campaign, again, which we decided that these power centers are going to start appearing in the late campaign because they're going to be out far on the paths away from Earth Prime, you're going to have Psy, magic, biotech, possibly superpowers, and please reference past episodes for how to put those in your fringe-worthy game. You're going to have all these different abilities, and the Canadians, they just have, I mean, they they would have Psy too, and that because that's just natural evolutionary trait of humanity. It, it's a magic dead zone, so magic would not work here, but you have Psy and Ultratech, you know, from Commonwealth and the alien races within that node. So it they be kind of evenly matched. Yeah. I mean, aside with body control of some sort, you're not putting him to sleep. Well, first of all, John, you're, you're basically creating a situation as if the GM's not involved, as if he doesn't know what his player's abilities are. So I'm sure that whatever decision the GM decides to make as far as how he implements this contact, he's going to make it so that it, ta- it, it plays out the way he wants it to play out with variances to allow the players to have the normal choices that they would want to have because they are playing the game rather than just following along on the GM's narrative. So let's, let's not create a straw man here. No, no, I'm not sure. but yeah, I'm just pointing out that there will be the occasional player who who will put his hand up and say, you know, wait a second, don't I get a chance to save against this? And if you're playing Fate, the GM pushes a whole pile of Bettys over toward him and says, no, you don't. <laughs> Here, not one Fate, two Fate. Here, here's two Fate for you to go nighty nighty night with. All right. <laughs> exactly. See, there's always a way. If the Canadian deals with somebody who gets the player, makes a lucky roller, is a high will save, well, then they kind of know, okay, these guys have, you know, are naturally psychologically tougher. 
he'll just dive through a portal and lock it down. He'll just be like, okay, yeah, we got a problem here. We got some people here that are pretty mentally tough. So you're you're playing in this game, okay, and you're, and you're assuming that you're playing Earth Primers, and they're running into these uh, Canadians. So is there a story here, or is this just a little bump in the road where they just basically get rebuffed and they have to keep on moving? This would be a bump in the road. You're not going to get a lot of opposition from these guys unless you sit there and just guns blazing decide to blow away the... Let, let's say you get that one guy who makes the will save, or the fort save, depending on the type of device that knocks him out. If he sits there and goes, because even in such an appeal enlightened society, you're still going to have cowboys that shoot first, ask questions later. I mean, it, they're human beings. They're going to be human. And so you're going to have that one guy who, okay, knew, okay, he didn't drop. Guy's going to pull out the gun and just shoot him. I'm thinking of a Next Generation episode where where, every, where basically they realized time had passed, but they didn't have no memory of it. Except for, of course, we know all knew who, you know, spoilers, data. And they and maybe this is a situation where that one player looks around, looks here and is passed out, doesn't pull out the gun and goes, okay, what's going on here? And you pull that player, you, you pull that player aside and have him play the role of Data. His job is to make sure the air players never realize they've been, you know, well, abducted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I'm trying to ask here, Trav, is it is there a foot in the door here? Is there something that they need or want that the Earth Primers could bring to them and therefore get at least a foothold into their society and a start for some continuing contact? Well, information, basically, remember, these Canadians, first, their first mission is, okay, we've locked ourselves down for a thousand years. We're putting feelers out to find out who the big players are because, yeah, we're trying to contact the Commonwealth and we're not getting a thing. Because I'm sure the Commonwealth would have interdimensional, let's try that again, interdimensional communications that are not dependent on the fringe paths. Yeah, it was the big system, which is shut down. They, did, they wouldn't have had anything, but, well, remember, the Commonwealth all had their own various levels of tech, too, besides uh, French-based tech. I'm sure that there was some type of interdimensional communication that was not dependent on a fringe path. Yeah, fringe. was there a fringe radio? I wouldn't think so. I mean, because the fringe paths are designed to be the support of the fringe connections between worlds, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's designed to be a communication system. So I would think that the big system is what really is what was hooking all these people together. And when it went down, then you know, I mean, maybe they did have a, another one. But with these people basically shutting off their portals, I would think that would also shut off any communication they would have. Yeah, they, so they're putting out feelers. They're looking to say, okay, we're not picking up anything from the Commonwealth. We've sent out runners and these worlds have been destroyed or made inhabitable, or they're locked off, or we can't get to them. Okay, we need to find out what happened. Yeah, they, they, took, they took the French train to, to Platform Zero, and everything's closed down to the Tamilna homeworld. It's gone. The, the, the portal doesn't work anymore to the Tamilna homeworld. They can't, you know. Decided with Tamilna Prime, the portal works. 
You go to Tremel and Prime, you're in space because they moved their planet 40 light years away. Right. The portal's still open. It's just you're going to be sucking vacuum. You're going to find a, a warp sitting on a piece of rubble. Yeah, basically. Um, so, yeah, that's they'd go back and say, okay, our commonwealth, what we you know got our tech from is gone. We need to find out what happened. And they're going to start piecing together things like, okay, we, we found these other worlds that were totally denuded of life or they were destroyed or they're locked down. Or they're Mellor Hells. Yeah. Or, oh, hey, look, we need to, <laughs> this is us not being here anymore. Um, so, yeah, they would piece together that the war really got bad. But it sounds like they are the repository of knowledge of the local region. They would be, yeah. They would have a lot of comp. They would have a lot of pre-war information that the Earth Primers, once they realize who these guys are, and you know, let's say the techie on your team goes, "Dude, this is Commonwealth tech. These guys are part of the Commonwealth." That would start a dialogue. Even the post knowledge they have from going around and seeing what the heck happened. Yeah, yeah, but they, that would be a long time later. Yeah, that's true. But everyone they've interrogated, they at least would have a catalog of everyone they've interrogated and all the information they got from those folks. You know, that's a lot of information, even even if that race crashed and burned, you know, 100 years later. They would still have, like, the... It would be an information exchange between the Earth Primers and the Canadians because Canadians would want to know about this new commonwealth that the Earth Primers are trying to bring about. And the Earth Primers are going... Oh, these guys know not only about pre-war Commonwealth and have tech, they also know a little bit more about what happened due to the Mellor War. So it'd be an information exchange and then tech. Because the Canadians, although they would look at the Earth Primers tech and go, that's eh, not bad, you guys are almost to our level, but we like your different applications that you take, and also you found other caches of Termellern and Commonwealth tech that we may not have found or applications we may not have thought of or may have lost. Because remember, the Canadians did regress a bit. As far as their tech is concerned, any kind of technology that's actually like what we call tech, which is like object-based uh, mechanical engineering kind of thing, I think that most of that would would be what they would lose because they wouldn't have a factory on their planet if it was Commonwealth tech to reproduce it. So right. what they would have actually would be probably the a bioform tech that would be able to reproduce itself, and that would be what would stick around. It's probably one. It's probably several uh, Tamilan tree houses. You and your tree houses. The alien races would also, the, the, the partner races of the Kanin in their node, in their universe, would have also offered their various levels of tech. Right. Which may be hard or bio, depending on whatever their race did. I think that the technology that they have up to level seven is probably what they were able to rebuild. Okay. But anything above that, that they would probably have left over from their time with the Commonwealth, that would be a remnant, basically a biological remnant. So they could literally have dragons or whatever you want to say. And these are Tamalern devices that, you know, that do things, but they're also animals that talk and, and, you know, 
get crazy on the weekend and all the rest of that stuff. Oh, frat boy dragon. There's a frightening thought. <laughs> um, yeah. Talk about your bad breath in the morning. Yeah. With the Canadians, as I said, it would be an information and then tech exchange, but mostly information just to say, okay, what are you guys doing out here? Okay, what have you guys found out? And then from there. So you're really in if you got a Canadian library card. Yeah. What about the cultural? What What about cultural exchange? I mean, one of the biggest things that I've always felt that Earth Prime uh, and the and its other worlds has to offer other worlds is culture. I mean, literally the music that they that was never invented on some other world. That the movies that were never done. Okay, the movies that were done differently. All these variants, that's, that's the intellectual property that I think other worlds would be really interested in finding out. I mean, what if, you know, Melville never existed, you know, and, and there's this great book called Moby Dick, and nobody in the multiverse has ever read it except for people who've come to Earth. Or the version of Casablanca with Ronald Reagan instead of um, Bogart. Or here's the one, Indiana Bones movies with Tom Selleck instead of Harrison Ford. Look at that chest hair. <laughs> the only reason why in that movie was not made with Tom Selleck because he was under contract for Magnum P.I. Other than that, he would have been Indiana Jones. And so what I'm saying is, is that even though they have a higher tech level than Earth Prime may have, or at least they're close, these things, these cultural exchanges, these intellectual properties are still worth something to these other worlds, even if they're advanced or even if they're retarded on our current level. As long as they're able to impart, you know, uh, and take part in this cultural exchange, we've got something to trade. We have something to exchange and, and, and deal with. I recommend to everybody when you run into these situations where you have major disparities between tech levels, go and say, well, what do we have that isn't really based on technology? What cultural thing can we do? Because if they don't have uh, the William Tell Overture and uh, they don't have, you know, uh, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, you got something worth selling to somebody. Unique is good. It's like the Farscape episode. Yeah, you ever hear of the Colonel's the Secret Recipe? Yeah, who are the only people that have the 11 herbs and spices? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it would be true, yeah, because... Uh, I believe in the Grand Admiral Thrawn trilogy for Star Wars, they said you can tell a culture by its art. Sure. And so the fact that here comes this new burgeoning commonwealth, the Canadians see them, and it's like, oh, they have a multitude of art and music and various cultural aspects because they've gone and explored over the past, let's see, late campaign, 25 years and they found this multitude of various things, variations on a theme. Oh, yeah, they found this movie in, on these worlds were starred by these four different actors, and this is how they turned out. Yeah, that would be interesting to the Keynes, because they are human. They are, they, it is an alternate Earth. Therefore, yeah, it's humans. The United States of America was there at one time. So, yeah, they would get all the references and the fact that they've not been out and about for a thousand years, yeah, they would find the Earth primers, if not useful, then quaint. Or, yeah, curious. We find you very curious. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, that 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 would I as I said, I didn't make the kings to be villains. I mean, obviously you're going to have villainous components in any culture, and if so, then that could be a problem for the Earth Primers because you're going to want that one guy who does want to capture him, who does not want to let the people of the Kingdom Empire know that there are other commonwealths out there because it might cause a panic. What, there's another commonwealth? No, we remember what happened the last time we got involved with a commonwealth. You're going to have somebody, um, alarmist, I think the term would be. You, the, There's going to be that that faction within the Canadian Empire where they just go, no, we shut down for a reason. So you're going to deal with that for that fringe element, as it were, of that culture. But otherwise, yeah, I made the Canadians to be a new trading partner, but just with a bit of a tragic past because they were involved with you know, the, the Commonwealth, and then they had to become isolationists. And the same kind of reluctance that we're actually familiar with, with the Victorians. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good good power center to, to bring about a different view of the Commonwealth War and its after effects. And you might get some nice tech from them, uh, information, and just more to what not to do as far as the Commonwealth. So... How available is their library? I mean, can you just check out a library card and sit down and start reading? Or do they kind of filter it? You can you have sort of a security clearance for this much knowledge, and then you have so much security clearance for this much knowledge. Well, you're new guys, so we don't want to, you know, have a culture shock as far as how advanced our tech is. But yeah, everybody has their secrets. I mean, they're just gonna say, okay. Yeah, we're gonna give you our library. We're not gonna let you see our secret government files, but yeah, this is our history. Really? You're not going to do a quid pro quo? Well, if they did the scan on them, I'm not sure that they would want to say, yeah, by the way, we went through your mind like it was a Rolodex, you know, just saying. And all your quaint little computers were dumped. I mean, you you look at the Commonwealth. They've got some really bizarre combinations of culture. Yeah. And it sounds to me like your Canadians are... Are, are, they're not a monoculture, but they're certainly a lot less variant because they're not trying to create a commonwealth. So I, is, on one hand, they might like some parts of, of our little commonwealth, but they may not like quite a bit of other parts. Okay, like what wouldn't they like? I'm, I'm kind of... How about the uh, Golden Horde? Yeah, they would definitely see the Golden Horde as a bunch of savages because... What the, yeah the 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 golden horde we determined they're what PL two. What about any non-humans like the Dazeel? Well, no, because there are non-humans in the Canadian Empire. Remember, they have had alien contact in their own node. Have you actually uh, uh, put the the Canadians anywhere on the fringe maps? No, I haven't. I've given them a world. No, no. Okay, so this is your entirely own invention. Right. Yeah. This is just something I could put. Out past, let's see, Rich had, um, well, he didn't give Portals three numbers, but he said technically if he wanted to, it would be net positive 126 to 200. So I'd probably put them past positive 200. Wow, that's really far out. Well, yeah, it's a late campaign thing, yeah. No, but still. Well, the only way you get to it is by taking the train. Yeah, it, they, it'd be a fringe train. We said the fringe trains would be available by late campaign anyways. Too. Yes, so you're, tr- it, you're right. Aliens wouldn't bug them, but they would look at low-tech people like the Golden Horde and the Romana, and they would just say, 
Yeah, but by late campaign, they wouldn't be low tech anymore. I mean, if if it's you know twenty forty years, at least the the ones in the fringe pathways will you know they might have an affection of like wearing fur, but otherwise they're pretty much toting the same equipment as anyone else is. I don't think so. I think their world would definitely not have been bootstrapped up that fast. I'm not saying their world. I'm saying they're they're fringe worthy. They're explorers. Okay, fine, but they're still they're still have grown up. You know, in a culture that basic that that started off, you know, with uh, PL two, you know, PL two technology. I might see a golden hordesman. Yeah, okay, I've got this gun because that means I don't have to run up to kill my thing. But first and foremost, you put a machete or a sword in a golden hordesman's hands, and they're going to handle it better than any Earth Primer, even an Earth Primer. Yeah, I took ten years of sword fighting. This golden hordesman was raised with a sword in his hand. He probably could swing the sword as soon as he learned to walk. Yeah, well, the only other person he'd have to have a good chance against would be a guy who was a uh, ex-Roman legionnaire. Oh yeah, the Roman. That, but that's what I mean. These Roman legionnaires who have practiced with swords since they were, you know, nine, and the golden hordesman. Every culture is going to use what's familiar to them. Yeah, it's nice that the Earth Primer might use a PLA computer. But give him something from his culture, and he'll he'll want to use that first, just because that's what he was raised with. That's how just people are. They're still going to have the Earth Primers dressed the way they are. The Golden Hordesman's going to have the fur. The Romans might have a toga or whatever that they would have. I mean, whatever traveling clothes would be most convenient and practical. So they would you know dress in their styles because. That's a link to their home. And when the Canadians see them and they would sit there and look through their history and go, this person's from ancient Mongolia. This person's from, oh, you found alternate earths with them. Oh, okay. And they might look on them, again, how quaint. I don't think they would be that snide toward them, but just it would be that inward pat them on their head and go, oh, how cute. They're cosplaying. Oh, they speak the language, too. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, as I said, I make the Canadians to be an evil menace. I mean, if there's an evil menace, it would be a fringe element, just an alarmist or an opportunist looking to find something. But, yeah, the Canadians generally, it, it's an information exchange, just a new light on the Commonwealth. The old so, sounds like the old uh, Library of Alexandria. You pull up in the port, they took all your scrolls. And then copied them. If you're lucky, you got them back before you left. Or at least a copy of them. <laughs> well, you wondered why they were the, the, the best known and best stocked library in the world. They had to get their stuff from somewhere. Okay. Uh, any other questions about the Canadian Empire? Okay. So I assume that they are all, you know, near humans, right? Oh yeah, they're, the 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 Earthlings are humans, but as I said, there are other alien races that they've contacted. And and how about their alternates? Are all their alternates humans as well? Yeah, those are humans. They were of varying tech levels, but the Canadians sort of brought them up as well because you would need the labs right there near the fringe portals to scan and check out any people coming by. Where do they diverge from Earth Prime? What you know? What is if we go back a thousand years or how or long? Who were they before they got discovered by by the Tremelin? Oh, sounds like it's time advanced. 
Yeah. So it's 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 like Earth Prime, but five hundred more five hundred years or more in the future, just to start. Higher tech. So yeah, it is a time advanced world because they're not only advanced, but they also fell back and then had to re- rebuild. I didn't work out a divergence point. The divergence point's actually in the future, so you can make up wherever you want to at that right, point. Right, exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, the culture that they do have, I mean, you said they became very isolationistic, and that sometimes has a tendency to stagnate a culture. So would you consider a culture stagnant, uh, declining, or growing? It would be growing, but slightly, because they're in the process of finding out things that happened. Their isolationism just ended, they, they, after a thousand years, they said, I think we better check and find out what's going on. I think we've, you know, been hiding long enough. You would have just had that one element going, we have these fringe portals. It's connected to a network. Okay, I think we might want to start using them again. They kept in contact with their alternates and everything because they have their empire. It's just they didn't leave that all platform. After a while, they thought, let's go looking. And after, oh, 50 years, that's when they started finding out about the Commonwealth Miller War and what happened and what happened to the worlds. And that's when they said, okay, we need to start finding out because there's going to be people wandering around by now, wondering what happened, exploring. Let's just start picking minds and finding out what we can find out. And so they're going to have the alt, they're going to draft the alternates to do. Yeah, you get platform watch. Why? Well, because we told you to. You know. As far as the isolationism, uh, yeah, we do talk in the Skype chat, folks. Um, isolationism as far as dimensional, as far as outside the all-platform, they didn't want anything to do with it because that meant the war would come to them. But they didn't have isolationism as far as their own you know, within their own universe, they were fine. It's outside that universe and its alts is where they were like, um, no, we're fine. We're good. We are not the people you want to see move along. Uh, off the uh, system platform, they probably got every node goes to a base where they may, where they basically supply. Not a problem. We show up with supplies every, every, every week. And here you go. Fresh fruit. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had this, they had, that's how they started their space exploration was via the star platform. And the system platform is how, you know, they explored their own system. And then from there, they branched out. They said, okay, well, we've got our system. We have outposts. Okay, let's check out what this next one. Oh, these are different star platforms. And, oh, look, okay, by star calculations, we're looking and saying, oh, yeah, this, this, and this. Okay, we're exactly this far from Earth. Oh, now on this one, we're this far from Earth. Okay, oh, these all seem to be within 40 or so light years. Okay, that's helpful. And then they sent, you know, basic FTL transportation. Relations were already made with the fringe explorers on the inhabited world, so. On the uh, star platforms, uh, is there an alien? Uh, do they have like, eight alien races they, they they work with, or is it just two alien races or one alien race? I figured three alien races were good. I mean, I didn't want to totally blow out every single one, and just three were fine. I didn't I didn't really get into the meat and potatoes of the races. I mean, you any three alien races you want, you know, like oh, we have a bird people, you know. Uh, a wolf and race and, you know... Slug people. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, whatever. But I mean, I I just said that they would there would be some alien interaction, a few races just to mix up things and to prove the point that even though they were not part of the Commonwealth, the Canadians were still culturally diverse. It's just they didn't want any more of the fringe paths outside of the alt platform. Because they already conquered their alts long before they started. They systematically, oh, look, we have this prime platform. Oh, look, we have this alternate. Oh, look, we have this system. Oh, look, we have this star. They were very systematic step-by-step on, on doing that. After the, 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 the Melor said, hey, you guys want to become part of our commonwealth? Yeah, by the way, you, this is how you know, these portals work. This is how they're laid out. And then after they got their tech, it's when they sort of worked on their own. And as I said, they gave lip, lip service to the Commonwealth. You know, they'd give reports every so often. Yeah, here's how you're doing. Oh, good. You're going to give us more tech. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, these are the things we found out. We're going to, you know, they gave just enough to contribute to the Commonwealth. As I said, it was a very tenuous, not a bad tenuous, but very tenuous connection. They were still kind of us first and not using the Commonwealth, but hey, if you're going to give us, you know, cool stuff, yeah, we'll we'll contribute to your cultural melting pot now and again. Yeah, just have the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember, if you just got one of the three components for Commonwealth status, just client status, you, that fire hose was plenty tasty to drink from. All right, well, thanks, Trav. Well, we hope that you guys have, our listeners have been enjoying this discussion of possible power centers. And of course, this is just a tiny, tiny possibility. It's it's what's going to jazz your players is what you need to pay attention to if you're the GM. And if you're a player, give ideas to your GM, things you really want to do so that you come up against the kind of group that you really, really want to do. Try to keep it realistic. Try it in the sense that try to make sure all the parts work. Make it a, a place that's different enough. We don't want any monocultures uh, so that you can uh, find interesting things to do on any of the worlds that are in that power center. A little espionage, a little Machiavellian stuff is never a bad idea. And, hey, throw some romance into it while you're at it. Because, after all, those alien princesses and princes need to be rescued, don't they? Yep, even if they are 30 foot long and have have big, sharp, pointy teeth. But I'm sure that you could, you could make it work if you really wanted to. But that's going to have to wait until next week. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. This is Paul. When you remove the pin, Mr. Grenade is no longer your friend. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction. No derivatives. And sucker. You best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts. Cause we're some bad mothers.
Hi, this is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.